Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. give honor to this great church, to the sacrifices you've made, because I understand that when you come into a place like this, the building, the grounds, everything, this is not by accident. You people have put your uh, heart and soul into the kingdom of God, and God is rewarding that with the harvest of souls and we thank you to the church family for your sacrifice your giving and most of all your worship because when we come into this place uh, it's not about the building and the grounds it's great to have all that and it's wonderful that the Lord is blessing but when people are broken they want to feel the presence of the Lord they're not concerned about the color of the carpet They're not concerned about how tall the steeple is. They want to feel a move of God and get something for their soul, and you have provided that. Give saints uh, honor to all the saints and the ministry, and I enjoyed the ministry spotlight or highlight. And uh, let me tell you, if you're not involved in some type of ministry, get involved because there's something for you to do in the kingdom of God. You don't have to be up front. You don't have to have a microphone. Yours may be a mop, but it's a ministry. Amen. And so we give honor to all the ministries, and we do follow you on social media, and we are connected, and we get to see uh, as you praise and worship and the miracles that are happening here, and we rejoice with you. I give honor to my lovely wife, 37 years she has put up with me. Yes, she deserves a hand clap for that. I don't know of anybody else that could have done it. But uh, pastor appreciation, I don't know if you really understand. I know you love and appreciate your pastor and first lady, but a pastor is more than a preacher on Sunday. He's your shepherd. And a shepherd hurts when the sheep hurt. He's your friend. He's your prayer warrior. He's a soul winner. He's probably been a bus driver a time or two, janitor, painter, chaperone. He buries our dead, dedicates the babies, marries our couples, sits with the dying, rejoices at the weddings, rejoices at the births of our children, cries at death and disaster and disease. We love and appreciate you, Pastor, and thank you for all you do for the kingdom of God. And I want you to know that all those cards will show appreciation from this congregation, but the entire kingdom of God appreciates you and your wife and your sacrifice because when the kingdom of God is strengthened in any any area, when, when God's blessing in North Alabama... I can feel it in North Mississippi, and I rejoice in, in the blessings and, and thank you for your leadership and for uh, what you do here in the kingdom of God. Now, he's not like uh, the pastor I read about. He uh, grew up, had a twin brother, and uh, they went off to college, and, and uh, the one brother became a doctor. He got his M.D., And the other brother decided to study theology and become a pastor. Several years later, the one young man took a church in a small neighborhood, began to pastor. His twin brother was a doctor just several miles away in a larger city. He came to visit his brother, and he wanted to sneak in and surprise him. So he checked into the motel and After the drive, he said, I'll just take a a walk and stretch my legs. He began to walk down the street, and somebody mistook him for his brother, being a twin. And he said, well, they said, well, hello, Reverend. How are you today? He said, oh, no. He said, I'm his twin brother. 
I'm the one that practices, not the one that preaches. But you've got a guy that practices what he preaches. And I'm thankful for your pastor. Let's stand one more time in honor to the word of the Lord. And uh, thank God for what we felt in this place today. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Very familiar passage, but I hope you'll stay with me. I noticed the uh, media has given a 30-minute timer back there. I'll take two of those and raise you 15 minutes. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and say unto him at midnight, And say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in his journey, is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. If you'll help me, and by the will of the Lord today, I'd like to preach House of Bread. Can we put our Bibles down and just clap our hands one more time, thanking God for his word today? And you may be seated. I'm sure you've heard this passage time and time again, what is known as the Lord's Prayer, when it's actually a model prayer. As he is teaching his disciples and in turn is teaching us. And he said, when ye pray, not if you pray, But when you pray, he's taking it for granted that the church of the living God is going to be a praying church. I believe that I'm in a praying church today. I know I'm in a praying church because you don't feel the presence of the Lord like this if people are not praying. I passed a lot of churches coming over here today, and I saw a lot of Uh, of different buildings, a lot of different parking lots, some full, some half full, some with very few cars in it. Uh, But I'm telling you, if I lived in this area, this is the church I'd be in right here. The church where people are praying, the church where God is moving, the church where miracles can happen, amen, the church where lives are being changed, Amen. Let me tell you, we, we need to get a hold of this praying thing because God answers prayer. Amen. Earlier this year, God healed me of cancer. Amen. And I want to give God glory for that. And let me tell you, God is no respecter of persons. Uh, And if you got a need in your life, it may be physical, uh, it may be mental, it may be emotional, it may be spiritual, but God will answer your prayer today if you will allow Him in this room. God is here to answer your prayer. So Jesus said that when you pray... When you pray. Now, he also, Bible said that he went to a certain place. I believe you ought to have a certain place to pray. Now, I know you can pray anywhere and anytime. But being human, I know that if, if that's the way you design your prayer life, you won't pray. But if you've got a certain place and a certain time, it will it will. Uh, hold you accountable for your prayer life. So let me just, just give you a little pastoral side note here. Find you a place that you can pray. 
a place where you can turn off the, the TV, the radio, the phone, uh, amen, leave Reader's Digest, uh, find you a place of solitude uh, that you can get alone with God and talk to Him uh, and let Him know that He's your God, that you love Him. Uh, open up your heart uh, and talk to Him. Amen. But immediately after Jesus is talking about prayer, he begins to talk to his disciples about this man that has a friend to come by. And he said that, that I've got a friend, and he comes by at midnight, and, and he says, lend me three loaves because a friend of mine is in his journey, has come, and I have nothing to set before him. Well, let me tell you today that the bread is the Word of God. The bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when you get to verse 14, it said, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when you get into the Word, you're getting into Jesus. When you get the Word in you, you're getting Jesus in you. When you come to the sanctuary and Pastor Britt begins to deliver the Word, he's putting Jesus into your life. And anything can happen when Jesus gets into your life. There wasn't anywhere that Jesus went that something didn't change. There was nowhere that he went that things stayed the same. God has never been good at doing nothing. Amen. When, when, when we talk about nothing is impossible with God, we always like to think, well, that means God can do anything. Well, it does, but it also means uh, God can't do nothing. He's got to do something. And he's going to change it for the good. Uh, he's going to make your bad days good. He's going to turn your mourning into dancing. Uh, he's going to turn your ashes uh, into beauty. Uh, he's going to turn your sorrow into joy. Uh, he's going to take all of your misery uh, and turn it into the power of God uh, and transform your life. If you will let God, uh, he will do something for you today. Amen. And so he said that when you pray, pray that his will be done. Not our wants, not our to-do list, but God, we're praying that your will be done. Amen. If your prayers are not getting answered, why don't you ask yourself, am I praying in the will of God? Am I just praying something I thought about? Uh, am I just praying something I saw uh, that I, uh, I was lusting after in the flesh? Uh, or am I praying God's will? Let me tell you, when you begin to pray God's will, things will begin to happen. Uh, you need to pray, God, let my will be your will. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. Uh, let my desires be your desires. Amen. Let me tell you, the church can't survive without prayer. The church can't survive without the Word of God. We're honoring your pastor today because he's a man that brings the Word. His life revolves around the Word of God. Amen. He don't just study on Saturday to get a sermon for Sunday. Amen. I, I know him well enough to know, uh, amen, that he lives this Word of God. Uh, he gets into the Word of God. Uh, he reads the Word. He listens to uh, uh, other men preach the Word. Uh, he, he receives the Word. Uh, amen. He digests it. He lives on it. Uh, and that's why he's able to deliver the Word to you. Amen. We honor a pastor not because of the title not because he dresses up in a nice suit, not because he's good looking, not because he's got great words uh, uh, that he can speak and, and, and not for any of that, but because uh, that he picks up the Word of God uh, and he brings it into our soul uh, and he delivers something that sets man free. Uh, he, he, he holds the key, uh, amen, that unlocks the miracles. Uh, the Word of God, the Bible said, is powerful uh, and sharper than 
than any two-edged sword. Uh, and when the pastor comes to bring the word, uh, amen, let me tell you, you need to receive it. Uh, you need to accept it. Uh, you need to hear it. Uh, and you need to obey it. You need to live it. Amen. So let me tell you, this house is a house of bread. Amen. This man that, that had a, a, a friend come by, and he didn't have anything to offer him. He didn't have anything to give to a man that was hungry. Amen. Let me, how many of you ever really been hungry? I ain't talking about right now. Amen. I'm talking about real hunger, where you where where you've been in a position you just couldn't get to anything to eat. But let me tell you, this man came and he began knocking on his door and he said, "I I I need something to eat." And this guy said, "I don't have anything." Aren't you glad your pastor doesn't come to the pulpit, Amen, without anything to deliver? He's always got bread for the soul. He's always got something that'll feed you. He's always got something that'll minister. He's got something that will bless. Amen. Now, this guy comes and he admits, number one, his friend's in need. Number two, he don't have anything to set before him. And number three, it's a midnight hour. So bread, it's, uh, of course, in this day, they didn't have Walmart, Dollar General. They couldn't just run out and get a loaf of bread. Baking bread was, was a task. It was, it, was, it was something that, that required effort. Somebody had to think ahead. Somebody had to prepare some ground. Somebody had to plow. Somebody had to plant. Somebody had to harvest. Come on. All of that went into breaking bread. Let me tell you, sermons don't just happen. He don't go copy one and paste it off of the Internet uh, and bring it deliver and deliver it. Uh, amen. There's hours of prayer. Uh, there's hours of preparation and study. Why? Because he wants some fresh bread. Uh, amen. Because he knows there's a friend in need. Uh, he knows somebody, uh, his marriage is in trouble. Uh, they're on the brink of divorce, uh, and counseling's not going to help. A poem's not going to help. Amen. Some kind of feel-good message is not going to help. Dr. Phil's advice is not going to help. They need the Word of God. They need the bread of life to get into their spirit and into their home. Amen. When you come and your teenagers are gone wild, amen, you don't need a I think so or I read this in a book. You need the bread of life. You need a Word of God uh, that will strengthen you uh, and change something. Amen. I'm telling you, everybody in here has got a friend that needs the bread of life. Amen. It's definitely the midnight hour. Now the question remains, how many of us uh, are equipped to offer bread of life to our friends? Do we have anything to hand somebody that's in need? Or are we going to have to run around knocking on door? Pastor, will you help me? I, I got a friend in need. Hey, brother so-and-so, can you give me something? Let me tell you, we need to leave here today not with just our needs met, but you need to take home some bread that when the friend comes by, when you get to work tomorrow and somebody come up and says, I'm struggling with an addiction you say, man, I've got just the thing for you. I've got the bread of life. God can deliver you. God can heal you. God can set you free. Let's leave here with the bread because we've come to the house of bread. Amen. If you don't have any bread in your house, whose fault is it? It's not pastor's fault. He's been baking and breaking bread for years now. Can I preach a little bit? Is, am, I, am I all right? I'm starting to feel at home a little bit. I said he's been baking and breaking bread around here 13 years. Is that right? Some of y'all still need pudding. Some of y'all still want the bottle. Pastor, that's a little too hard. I, I don't know if I can swallow that or not. You need to grow up. 
You need to get in the prayer room. Amen. You need to get your heart right uh, and say, God, whatever the Word of God says, uh, I want to be able to digest it. Uh, I want to be able to take it. Uh, God, I need you to prepare my heart, uh, prepare my mind, uh, prepare my spirit. The Bible said, uh, with meekness of heart, uh, you got to receive the Word. Uh, it takes meekness uh, to receive a good Holy Ghost fire preacher. Uh, it takes meekness in your heart. You can't sit there and say, oh, I know. Uh, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I got this figured out. Don't worry about me, Pastor. Uh, I've been around here longer than you've been born. Uh, amen. Let me tell you, you better get a meek spirit uh, and receive the bread. Uh, when you come to the house of bread, you need to get fed amen now some people some people get a little picky in their bread eating pastor this bread's a little too dry I'm choking on it I don't know about the bread you delivered today why don't you try watering it down with the Spirit? When the worship team begins to pray and these young people hit the altars uh, and there's tears flowing, uh, why don't you get out of your seat or do nothing uh, and come up here and raise your hands uh, and let the Spirit wash over you uh, and prepare your heart and your mind uh, and that bread will taste a little bit better. Won't you try spreading a little fruit of the Spirit on it? Amen. A little joy jam goes a long way with the bread of life. Amen. Some of y'all ain't been to the cabinet and seen the fruits of the Spirit in a long time. Amen. We're not careful. We get stuck on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, oh, I want to see angels. Uh, I want to walk on water. I want to prophesy. I want to tell what, Pastor, what about Armageddon? Uh, what about the what about the, the red heifer? What about what about the fruits of the Spirit? Uh, how about you getting a little love in your heart? Uh, how about you getting a little joy? Uh, how about you put on a Holy Ghost smile once in a while so the world will say, uh, hey, I want to go get some of that bread you got. Uh, I want to get some of that Holy Ghost, you got. I'm telling you, I believe I'm in a house of bread today. Now, there's some, I know there's nobody here, but maybe they're all in New Albany. But there's some that say, boy, this bread, this bread bitter. I just, I just can't eat that bread. I just, I just can't read the Bible. I just can't sit in here for an hour sermon. My God, yesterday he watched a three-hour football game. Last movie you watched was an hour and a half. The pastor gets over 40 minutes, we start looking at our watch. Got to go out and get a drink. Boy, I didn't, I didn't come to do this. I was supposed to honor the pastor. I apologize. Ephesians 4.31 said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Hebrews 12.15 said, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Amen. I found out what the bitterness problem's all about. Just in case, and let me tell you, it's easy to get bitter. But let me tell you, God never intended for your hardship and your trouble and your problem and your past to make you bitter. Now, I don't know one of you other than a few by name. I don't know your past. But I can tell you, if you're human, you've gone through some stuff in your life. You've been hurt. Somebody said something they shouldn't have said. Somebody has done something they shouldn't have done. You have been mistreated. I'm no prophet or son of a prophet. I just know what life's all about. Been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. 
the things that have happened to you in life are not to make you bitter. They're to make you better. And God knew before it ever happened to you it was going to happen. If you think you're having a bad day, flip over to the book of Job and read about his trouble. He had to attend 10 funerals in one day. Lost everything that he had, even his health. His wife even said, why don't you curse God and die? And he said, look, woman, you're speaking foolish. I was naked when I came into this world. I'll be naked when I leave. If I get anything between those two points, uh, it's more than I deserve. Amen. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I'm going to sing a praise. I'm going to give, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to thank God even when he's blessing me and even when times are not so good. If my bank account's full or if my bank account's empty, if the car's running good or if the transmission just went out, I'm still going to give praise to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not going to grow bitter. In Acts chapter 8, verse 21, it said, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for their heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps that the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Bitterness, he said, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. If you've got bitterness, it's because your heart's not right in the sight of God. You need to pray every day, God, don't let me, don't let me get bitter. That's for every one of us. When things go south, when things go bad in our life, when things happen to us, when things happen to our children, the first thing you got to pray is, God, don't let me get bitter. When somebody wrongs me, don't let me get bitter. Uh, when somebody talks about me, don't let me get bitter. When things in life happen, uh, when cancer comes up on your body, uh, God, don't let me get bitter. Uh, God, let it be used for your glory. Uh, somehow let me be the vessel. Uh, God, if you choose to do a miracle. Uh, I'm honored to be the vessel. Uh, if not, God, don't let me grow bitter. Uh, let me get better. Let me get closer to you. Amen. House of bread. Let me tell you, this, this church right here is known in this community, no doubt, Amen. I'm sure they know and they've seen on Facebook and on media. Amen. The great music, the great worship, the worship team done an awesome job. It's top notch. Nothing to hang your head about. It's as good as I've heard anywhere. And I'm sure the community takes notice of that. But let me tell you what they're looking for is a house of bread. If the music gets them in here, let's have some bread to offer them when they get here. Let's have more than a concert. Let's have more than hitting all the notes right. Let's have an anointing that starts back there in the prayer room. Worship team, you've done a good job, but make sure you're in the prayer room. Make sure you're living a dedicated life. Make sure you're fasting. Make sure God's anointing you when you step to the pulpit. We've got to have of a house of bread. You see, in the book of Ruth, we find the story of Naomi and Ruth. And we find that where a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, he went into Moab and he and his wife and his two sons and you know the story, and you know how that it all came out. But in verse 6 of Ruth, it said, She arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. There's a lot of people that have drifted into Moab. 
There's a lot of people I, I began to think earlier today about the people's lives that have gone through Victory Church in New Albany, uh, the, the lives that have been touched through the daycare and the school and the, and the church itself and, and dating back a number of years. Uh, and the names began to run through my mind. And I thought, my, what if we sat down uh, and tried to write out all the names of the people uh, that have been through there uh, and they've drifted out to Moab uh, what a revival we could have if God would stir the backslider uh, and bring them back home. Uh, let me tell you, I believe it's time uh, that the church realize that we are the house of bread uh, and we need to contact that backslider and say, we still love you. Uh, God still loves you. Uh, there's still bread in the house. But Ruth 1 and 6 said, she arose and returned from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. She didn't go back for the scenery. She didn't go back because it was Mama's old home place and Oh, I like the view there. We had a farm, and I got a lot of memories. Uh, she didn't go back because the commerce was good. Uh, she didn't go back because she got offered a good job. Uh, she didn't go back because she had a lot of fond memories of friends uh, that she wanted to connect with. Uh, no, she heard there was bread in the house. Uh, she heard that God uh, had read, blessed them with bread. Let me tell you, if a sinner comes back, uh, it's going to be because they hear there's bread in the house. Uh, they're going to hear there's revival. Uh, they're going to hear there's miracles. Uh, they're going to hear somebody's life is transformed. Uh, our world's not wanting another church service. Uh, they're not wanting another party. Uh, they're not wanting another dead, dried program. Uh, they're wanting bread for their soul. Uh, and you're in the house of bread today. Uh, and we got to get word to Moab. Uh, there's uh, bread in the house. Amen. I'll tell you how important bread is in Genesis when God when God was talking to Adam and Eve and he cursed them and he's kicking them out of the garden. The one thing that he mentioned in Genesis 3:19 he said in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. He said, you're going to live and you're going to die. But if you're going to get bread, you got to work for it. He said, there's going to be sweat. There's going to be tears. There's going to be work. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be heartache. Amen. He said, but it's important for you to get the bread. It's important to make sure you got bread for you and your house. Amen. Let me tell you, bread is an essential I said bread's essential in, 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 the, in the time of Scripture. Now, I know some of y'all on that low-carb stuff. Amen. That Atkins diet and that no-bread stuff. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Bishop 316 interpretation of that is, Jesus said, I am the Krispy Kreme. Woo. That's what I'm talking about. I knew I'd get your attention. Bread was an essential back then. Amen. Bread was an essential. Genesis 47, 15, And when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread. Give us bread for our money faith. Let me tell you, there's going to be times money's going to fail. There's going to be times the economy's going to crash. There's going to be times it's going to take all your paycheck to fill your tank up with gas. But you can come to the house of God and you can still get bread. He said, I've got bread that money can't buy. I've got bread. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. You can come to the house of God and this is a house of bread. 
You may not can buy the house that he can buy. You may not can drive the car that she can drive. But when you come to the house of God, you can still partake of the same bread. God said it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. It doesn't matter about your background. You can be broken. You can be whole. You can be illiterate. You can have a doctor's degree. But you can get the bread of life in the house of bread. When your money fails, give us bread. When your health fails, give us bread. When you lose your job, you need to come to the house of bread. When your marriage is messed up, come to the house of bread. When your children are in trouble, come to the house of bread. No matter what you face in life, come to the house of bread. It was so important that when the children of Israel left the land of Egypt, of course, God instructed them to go to their neighbors, get their silver, get their gold, get their, their fine linens, get the, all this beautiful stuff. We're going to need that. But besides getting the things they needed for the tabernacle, you know what God instructed for them to get? Exodus 12, 34 said, And the people took their dough before it was leavened. Their kneading troughs were bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. Uh, amen. Let me tell you, you may have to leave Fido behind. Uh, you may not be able to bring your bicycle. Uh, you may not be able to bring a lot of the, uh, uh, your, your knife collection. You may not be able to bring a lot of things. Uh, but he said, you better make sure you get the dough uh, and you get the kneading trough. Uh, because when you get in the wilderness, uh, when you get out of here, uh, there's going to be a place where you're going to have to make some bread. Uh, amen. It may not be important uh, about any of those other things you got, uh, but you got to have bread. Uh, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what else takes place around here. Have your truck or treat. Uh, amen. Have your harvest festival. Uh, have your games. Have your fun, uh, but you better make sure you got bread. Uh, amen. You can have everything uh, that you can offer, uh, but make sure there's bread uh, in the house of the Lord. Amen. Came to pass as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation, Exodus 16. And he beheld the glory of the Lord. It appeared in the cloud, and the Lord said unto Moses, saying, I've heard the murmuring of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At the evening you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at the evening the quails came uh, and covered up the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. Uh, and when the dew uh, that was laid was gone up, behold, uh, up on the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, uh, as small as a hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, uh, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given to you to eat. I'm telling you, God wants you to partake of the bread today. You wonder, you may be a first-time guest or new to this, and you may have wondered what was happening when the presence of the Lord came and people began to cry and bow under the Spirit of God. I'll tell you what it is. It's the bread that the Lord hath given. It's a power from God. It's a gift for you. It's a promise unto you. Amen. I got to hurry. Numbers chapter 4 and 7 up on the table of showbread. They shall spread a cloth of blue and put there on the dishes and the spoons and the bowls and cover the covers to cover with all, and the continual bread shall be thereon. Let me just assure you today, anytime you come into this place, there's going to be bread. 
Your pastor's going to have a continual table spread of the bread of life. There's always going to be a fresh anointed word. It doesn't matter how rough your, your week's been. It doesn't matter how, how the devil's attacked you. You just say, if I can get to the sanctuary, if I can get into the house of God, I know there's going to be bread. I know pastor's going to have a word from God, and it's going to speak to my soul. Hey, man, I've got to get to the house of God. We could go all through the scripture and talk about the bread and how that it showed up. The raven brought Elijah bread in the morning and in the evening. The widow in Zarephath was asked by Elijah to bake him some bread. Amen. David, when he was in battle, came by and got showbread and ate it. Joseph in Egypt prepared the grain that they might have bread. At one point, the angel of heaven came down and told his man of God, said, rise up and eat. Amen. When David went to his brothers in battle, what did he do? He brought them some bread. Amen. I'm trying to hurry. It was in 1 Kings chapter 19 when the man of God went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. He requested for himself that he might die. He was so put out with life. He said, I just, I just soon die. He said, Lord, this is enough. Take away my life. Am I not better than my father's? And he lay and he slept under a juniper tree. And the angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink. And he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Let me tell you, life is too hard for you. You're not hearing me. I said, life is too cruel for you. The devil's too mean for you. And God's trying to say, he sent an angel today to tap you on the shoulder and say, rise and eat. You got to get up and eat some bread. The journey's too hard. You're not going to make this by yourself. You're not going to be able to face next week by yourself. You're not going to be able to go out into life and do do life, amen, all by yourself. You need to rise up and eat. I'm telling you, church, the bread is here today. And God said, rise up and eat. And the Bible said that he went the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. I'm telling you, you're on a a journey today that's too hard to handle. Uh, and God said, rise and eat. Uh, get up and get the bread of life. We've always heard, we've always heard the passage that David, and, and, and we rejoice in it, and and we dance about it. There's probably songs about it. David said, I was young, but now I'm old. Young finishing. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed doing what? Begging bread. And i got to be honest with you, up until I started digging in for this message, I've always just thought, well, that's great. I want to be a a seed of, 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 of Abraham. I want to be a child of God because that means God's just going to rain bread down on me. Never have to beg for it. I'm, I'm always going, going to be blessed. But the more I began to think about that, I began to think of what was David really saying. I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed. And so I began to think about the seed the children of Israel. Why did they never have to beg for bread, Pastor? Was it because they were just blessed and God had already told Abraham, I'm going to bless you? No. Because bread was their way of life. Everything that they said or did revolved around bread. 
in the springtime, daddy'd say, get up, boys. We're going out to plow the fields. Dad, why we got to plow the fields? Well, do you want bread this fall? Do you want some grain this fall so that we can bake some bread? You get up now. We're going to plow the field. We're not just plowing the field. We're preparing for bread. Day after day, they'd get up. What was on their mind? It looked like plowing the field, but it was really all about the bread. Amen. What are we going to do today? Well, boys, we got to haul some water. It's been a dry season. Why are we hauling water? It ain't about hauling water. It's about bread. If you want bread somewhere down the road, uh, you got to haul water today. Uh, amen. Well, we got to get out. We got to hold the field. There's some tares growing up among the wheat, uh, and we got to get out and work in the field. Uh, oh, I, I don't mind a few tares. Uh, it ain't about the tares, uh, it's about the bread. Uh, every day that they lived, uh, amen, they had to either plow or plant uh, or pluck uh, or prepare uh, or partake uh, and rinse and repeat. Uh, over and over again. That's all the children of God knew uh, was to plant seed uh, and to harvest seed uh, and to take the seed uh, and to bring it to the to the uh, uh, winnowing uh, and to the, the grind mill uh, and grind it into grain uh, and to go back to the house uh, and to build a fire. Why are you building a fire? Because we want bread. Uh, and uh, let me tell you, everything that they did uh, revolved around bread. Uh, that's why David said, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Why did they not beg for bread? Because they live bread. They got up and planted bread. They harvested wheat. They ground the wheat. They built the fire and they baked the bread. Everything they did revolved around the bread. Let me tell you everything the church does needs to revolve around the Word of God. It takes great effort to make bread available. Where's that young girl? There she is. Girl, you're not just taking pictures. You're not just walking around here with a camera. It's part of baking bread. Amen. I noticed this beautiful baptistry. Somebody put the water in here. Somebody put chlorine in the, in, in the little doodad there. Somebody make sure the heater's on. Uh, somebody come in here and turn lights on. Uh, somebody was in here yesterday with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, somebody walked around and picked up paper. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, we're preparing for bread. Uh, when I got up in the morning, uh, I was thinking about the bread. Uh, I, I don't just wake up on Sunday morning uh, at 9 o'clock and scratch my head. Uh, I, am I going to church today or not? No. Uh, amen. Sunday afternoon when we turn the lights out. Uh, and I walk out the door, uh, I already know I'm going to be back on Wednesday uh, because I've got to have some bread. Uh, i got to get up in the morning, uh, and i got to read the Word of God. Why? Because i got to have bread. Uh, and it's, ah, uh, you're not hearing me. Uh, you'll never be begging for bread uh, when you live for bread. Amen. Let me tell you, this bread thing's important. And God's going to see to it that you got bread. When the children of Israel went into the wilderness, he said, Moses, these people are complaining. They don't have anything to eat. He said, and I told them over in the garden, I, I, I put a curse. And I said, Adam, look here, buddy. If you get bread, you're going to sweat for it. But when they got into the wilderness, God said, I'm going to cross my fingers for a little while. You're not going to have to sweat for this bread. I'm just going to rain it from heaven. I told Adam that, that if you have bread, you're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to get in the field. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to get in there and do it. But he said, I love my children so much. i got to make sure they got bread.
Let me tell you, God loves you so much. That's why you're here today. God knew you needed some bread for your soul. God knew knew you needed some strength. God knew somebody needed healing. God knew somebody needed a little word of encouragement. God knew exactly where you were and what you're doing. And God said, I got bread for you today. And you're not going to have to work for it. Somebody's already paid the price. Somebody's already prayed the prayer. Somebody's already fasted. The man of God's already prepared. There's bread on the table. Come and dine today. I'm trying to quit, but I need to explain something. I got to explain something about the Word of God. It's being neglected in this generation, it's being neglected by our Word. Our world. Amen. The Word of God used to be, some of you salty-headed folks, remember when the Bible was in the classroom, the teacher would get up every morning. Some of you shaking your head. First thing they'd do, we'd read Psalms 23 or the Lord's Prayer. It was all part of it. Today it's hocus-pocus and Harry Potter and gone totally in the opposite direction. But I'm telling you, the Word's important. The bread is important. Can I I just throw this nugget in there? You remember in Scripture when the Philistines were controlling the blacksmiths? The Bible said there were no smiths in the land of of Israel. And, and and, and the children of, of Israel had to go to Egypt to get things sharpened. If they got their hoe sharpened, they had to go to the Philistines. You know why? I believe the Philistines were trying to control the harvest of the people of God. And the devil today is still trying to control the harvest of the church. He doesn't want the bread of life broken. Uh, He doesn't want young people on the front row right here saying, preach to me, pastor. Uh, He wants you to be out in a nightclub somewhere. He wants you to be stuck in your room somewhere watching some kind of video on your phone. Uh, Amen. Sucking into your mind the filth and the garbage of this world. Uh, But I'm telling you, there's bread at the table. Uh, And young people, whatever you do, uh, don't ever move from the front row of this church. Uh, Don't ever get off of that front row. Uh, Don't ever quit. Quit coming to this altar. Uh, don't ever quit worshiping. Uh, don't ever quit singing praises uh, because there's bread in the Father's house. It's no accident that when David got ready to build an altar, he went to Onan. And what did he do? He bought a threshing floor. He said, God, I'm going to offer a sacrifice, but he said, I'm going to offer it on this place where the grain has been threshed for the milling for baking of bread. Now, I just lost this younger generation. They don't know anything about a millstone. Matter of fact, bread was so important in the Old Testament, it was a law. We go into Leviticus and talk about all these laws that we had to do, but there was a law that said you cannot pledge your millstone. He said, you can't take your millstone to the pawn shop. He said, you can take your donkey, you can take your, your tent, you can take anything you got in your house, but that millstone has got to stay. Why? Because there's going to be bread in the house continually. Because if a friend comes by, I don't want you running around town saying, I don't know what to do. I ain't got nothing to feed my friend. I got a friend that's in need. Let me tell you, if you got a friend in need, uh, I'll tell you what you do. You bring them to the house of bread. Uh, You say, I got just a place for you. I got a a baptism of repentance. Uh, You can repent of your sins uh, and get baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, And the blood of Jesus uh, will cover your past. Uh, It doesn't matter how many drugs you've done. Uh, It doesn't matter what happened in your life, uh, God will forgive you uh, and you can start brand new. God will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. There's bread for your soul in the house today. Amen. I'm trying to quit, honest. But they would bring this grain to the threshing floor 
they'd take that big millstone and it would it would sit down on that threshing floor and that wheat would be ground as they would grind that 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 wheat and what it would do is it would begin to separate the grain from the chaff or the shell or the husk this is a school lesson for you right here wheat has got a husk on it and that husk has to be removed and when that husk is removed then you got the pure seed that that they grind into flour and they bake the bread and the psalmist David said, when he's talking about blessed is the man that loves the Word of God, meditates day and night, said he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water, shall bring forth his fruit in his season, leaf also shall not wither. But he said the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. See what happens, there was a, a process called winnowing. And they would take that after the, the chaff and the, and, and the grain were separated on that hard surface. They would take that, it's my understanding, Brother Chuck, they would throw that up in the air. And the wind would blow the chaff away. But the grain was heavy enough that it would fall back down and be used. And David said, the ungodly are not so. Because... They've been separated from the grain. They have separated from the Word of God. Uh, let me tell you, we're in a world today that has separated themselves from the Word. Uh, and now the wind is coming uh, and it's blowing them away. But I don't want to ever be separated uh, from the Word of God. Uh, amen. I want to be held on uh, to the grain. Uh, I want to hold on to the Word uh, that the wind of doctrine does not blow me away. Keep standing. That way I'll quit. They never started my timer. I'm sorry. You see, bread will attract everyone. When you start breaking bread, the woman that came to Jesus said, Master, I, I'd like some bread. He said, it's not meat to give Children's bread to the dogs. This is reserved. She said, yeah, Master, I realize I'm not worthy. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the Master's table. All I need is a crumb. Let me tell you, breaking bread makes crumbs. You can't help but break bread once some crumbs don't fall. But let me give you some assurance today if you come into this house and you feel like you're not worthy for what God has. I, 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 haven't, I haven't done everything in life right. I'm not, I haven't lived life like I should. I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up. But God, would you just give me some crumbs? I got good news for you today. Because the crumbs have the exact ingredients as the loaf had. And so even, even if you get a crumb, you're still getting the same thing. Even if you don't feel like you deserve to sit at the table, the dogs are still getting the same nutrition. Amen. Even if you don't think you're worthy to sit at the king's table, I'm here to tell you whatever you pick up off the floor, whatever you get on your way out, whatever you get sitting on the back row, you still got the same Holy Ghost that's on the platform. And the prodigal son, the story we're all familiar with, when he comes to himself in the pig pen, he'd wasted it all. He had made a fool of himself. He had ruined his dad's name. He had spent the inheritance. 
the Bible said when he came to himself. He said, boy, I sure would like to sleep in that bed mom used to make for me. It's so comfy, no. Oh, I sure would like to see daddy. I miss him talking about his fishing stories with grandpa, no. Oh, I sure would like to get back and have a good hot shower. I just feel good right now, no. I sure would like to get back to the home place. I miss my friends, my cousins down the road. And, oh, we had some good times hunting and playing together. No. None of those things mattered. You know what he said when he came to himself? He said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as a hired servant. I'll just take some bread on the back porch. I'll just be a hired servant. It doesn't matter as long as I can get the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Is there somebody today that's coming to this house hungry? Would you come forward right now? I don't know what the tradition is around here, but I'm telling you, God's got the table set for you. If you need healing in your body, if you need anything in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions, the bread of life is here today. God Almighty is stepping into this room right now as the church prepares prayers, uh, praying. Uh, God's got something for you today. Let God feel you. Are you hungry today? Are you hungry today? You're in the house of bread. Church, would you begin praying right now as they begin to sing? Ministry team, would you begin to minister? Church family, if you see somebody in a need right now, would you pray with them? Would you join in prayer? Come on, let's touch heaven. Have we got time to reach heaven right now? Have we got time for heaven to anoint us right now?